Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Christian Chick. It's your girl, Amanda, of course. Back with another week, another Thursday. And by the time this episode is released, or maybe a little bit before, it will be the one-year anniversary of Confessions of a Christian Chick podcast. Like, wow, y'all. Wow, one year. We've been at this for one year. And it was just recently, like, someone messaged me, like, I listened to your first episode, and I was like, oh, so embarrassed, because I just was like, oh my gosh, I just, I had no idea what I was doing. It feels like so long ago, and it's just been such a fun journey, such a fun ride. I am so grateful for the experience. I have met so many amazing people that I literally could not have met if it wasn't for this podcast. People literally from around the world. So it's been an amazing experience. I thank you guys so much for just, for being there, for tuning in, for, you know, just being active on Instagram and talking to me. And it's just been amazing. And I just, I'm so grateful to God. I'm so happy that I stepped out and did something that, honestly, I never would have done because I'm shy. (laughs) No, but honestly, it's been one year. So because we are turning one year, of course, we have to do a giveaway. We got to give back, right? So if you are listening to this episode, hopefully you catch the giveaway before it's over. But check out Confessions of a Christian Chick on Instagram so you can get all the information for the giveaway. And if you're listening to it on Thursday, the day this episode is released, the giveaway won't be posted probably until like Saturday because that's the official one year anniversary. So today I want to talk about basically back in March or was it April? I think it was April. I released my first book. It is actually more of a guided journal. You guys know that we love to journal here. And the name of the book is called Before the Isle. And the idea of that book was laid on my heart actually a year ago. And um, procrastination, I began writing the book, but I never finished it. It was actually quarantine that inspired me to finish the book. And I'm so grateful to God because God actually gave me a promise that if you finish this book, you something that you, you're praying for will happen. And God actually came through on that literally, literally like a week after I wrote the book. I won't get too much into that now. But one day I'll definitely share that story, that testimony in depth with you guys. So yeah, like I was saying, I finished writing the book and I released the book. I was inspired to write that book just because, number one, I am a woman that did have a desire for marriage. And um, just as many other women, we do have that desire for marriage. I would pray for marriage and I would have to ask myself, and this this is not just about marriage. It would be about anything that I'm praying for. That are you equipped to actually handle what you're praying for? Are you at the stage of your in your life that if God gave you what you were praying for right now, you could actually take care of it? Could you actually handle it with maturity? And that's how I would start to feel when I would pray for marriage. So I begin to ask myself, what do I need to do to prepare myself? Now, granted, I'm not married, and I'm sure any married person will tell you that. It's different when you're in it, right? I've spoken to married married people and they all say the same thing. So I'm not saying that this book, if you read this book, you'll be 100% prepared for marriage. No, I'm not saying that. I do believe that we are put on this life for a purpose. And um, some of us are completely ignoring that purpose because of what we are focused on. 
Well, actually, let me rephrase that. Some of us are too focused on marriage when we do need to also focus on other things that Christ has called us to do. You know, you can't be in church without the topic of marriage coming up. God created marriage, so of course it is going to come up in church. But I think what happens is if you're a single woman, and I can only speak from a woman's perspective, so I'm sorry if there are any men listening to this. It's not that I'm not sensitive or aware that men may desire marriage also, but I just can't speak from that perspective. So if you're a woman, I do feel like there's a certain pressure that you have, especially when you're at a certain age. Nowadays, um, if you're a Christian woman and you're, you know, over a specific age, people are kind of side-eyeing you like, you know, what's going on? When are you going to get married? People completely forget that there are certain things in your life that you want to make sure that you're aware of and you're working on before you commit to another person. And those were my experiences. And I and I began to really just write those down. Like, what are some things, Amanda, that you have identified in your life that you maybe need to begin working on before you even think about getting married? That's what I want to share with you guys today. If you haven't read the book already, that's fine. I'm not giving out everything from the book, but I would encourage you to get the book and The most important part of the book, in my opinion, is the journaling section where you can actually write your thoughts out and maybe hopefully get some new revelations on some areas in your life that you didn't even really know that you were, you know, still dealing with or still struggling with. And um, for me, one of the main areas was identifying my purpose. Now, I've done an episode on purpose. Me and my cousin from London, shout out to shout out to London, shout out to Tommy. But um, we did an episode on purpose. And I feel like purpose is something that many of us, we don't truly know why we were put on this earth. Now, granted, I am 100% aware that your marriage can actually help you fulfill purpose, and it should. But I do believe it's important to know and identify your purpose before you get married. And the only reason I say that is because you want to make sure you're marrying someone that aligns with your purpose. They don't have to have the same exact purpose as you, but they should be able to align with it. Because God forbid you marry someone that's going to derail you from your purpose or set you back from it. That's going to be, um, not to say that God can't redeem you from that, but it's going to cause unnecessary strife and it will be a little bit harder for you when you could actually just have identified your purpose before you walked down the aisle. Now, again, I said identified your purpose. You don't fully need to be walking in your purpose because again, marriage can help you get to that, but you should at least know why was I created? Why was I put on this earth? What does God want me to do? Um, Because again, we all, we all have one. Just because you may not have tapped into it doesn't mean you don't have one. For me, it wasn't until about, I would say like two and a half years ago that I really started getting to be able to identify what God wants me to do. Now, again, I won't say that I'm fully living in what I should be doing. There are some areas where I still need to make improvements on, but at least now I'm able to know that. So when I'm having conversations with my partner and we're talking, I'm able to say, like, you know what? Yes, this person also can either help me get to that purpose or they at least won't be a distraction, which is important again. One thing I also was working on in myself was just having patience. Nothing in life, right? There's that famous quote, everything. Wait, what is the quote? Because I'm about to mess it up. I think it's like good things are worth waiting for or something like that. It's important to be able to exercise patience in your life. 
no matter what the topic is. Whether it's marriage, whether it's you're just waiting to get your food at a restaurant, whether it's, you know, you're waiting for someone to do something, patience truly is a virtue. Like, it's such a cliche saying, but it's so true. To be able to have patience shows that you truly have faith in God, right? Because we all want things, but that doesn't mean that what we want is what we should have at that exact moment. And when you have patience, what you're telling God is, I trust you. You're going to give me what I need at the right time because your word says that you will not keep any, any good thing from me. So if I don't have what I'm praying for specifically at this moment, there is a reason behind it. Lord God, help me to have patience. Help me to have peace about why I don't have it yet. When we're trying to take matters into our own hands, it's very dangerous because no matter what, we truly don't know what's best for ourselves. It might sound crazy and you might think, well, I wouldn't do anything to harm myself, but truly you do not know what is best for yourself. There have been situations that I can look back in my own personal life and I'm like, man, if I would have just waited it out, I ended up jumping the gun and I ended up getting something that I shouldn't have had. Or if I should have had it, I shouldn't have had it at that moment and I ended up mishandling it. So Exercising patience is so important. If you're someone like me that struggles with having patience, really, I would advise you to just begin to surrender yourself to God. When you say it out loud, like, you know what, God, I surrender to you. I put my life in your hands. I trust that you will guide me and lead me and give me what I need when I need it. It's so much more easier. The Bible tells us that, you know, even the birds don't have to fend for themselves. God takes care of them. So what more us? You know, what more us that we were created in his own image? So just remember that God has you. Don't try and force situations. Don't try and take matters into your own hands. Just have patience. He will see you through. Another topic from the book, which I believe is not the most important, but it's high up there. If we were ranking it, this topic is high up there. And that is having self-love. Now, y'all, listen, I have insecurities. Like, there are certain things about myself that I'm just like, ugh, man. And in the time that we're living in right now, it's very easy to become insecure because we have things like social media where we're able to see other people, other people's lives, and it's like, well, why don't I have that? Or why don't I look like this? But let me tell you something. If you don't truly love yourself, like everything about yourself, everything, it's going to be hard for someone to love you because no matter what love they try to give you, you're always going to question it. You're always going to doubt it because in the back of your mind, it's going to feel like, well, how can this person love this about me when I don't like this about me? Oh, they like the way I laugh. I hate my laugh. Oh, he likes my forehead. I hate my forehead. You know what I mean? And it's like, these are the kind of things that are going to set you back. If you have someone that's patient enough, you can work through it. But really, it shouldn't be your self-worth shouldn't rely on another person, right? You should feel worthy in yourself. Number one, knowing that you were created in the image of God. That right there is like, okay, that nothing can compare to that. Number two, knowing that Jesus Christ died for you. That also, that's huge. Those two things right there, no matter how you look, no matter, you know, how big your forehead is, you know, no matter how annoying your laugh is, whatever insecurities that you have, you know, I know everyone has different insecurities, no matter what it is, 
remembering that you were created in the image of Christ should be comforting enough. And don't get me wrong, as I'm, t- as I'm saying this, in the back of my mind too, I still struggle with it. But you just have to be at that point in your life where you're truly happy with yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. Self-love doesn't mean that no matter what state you're in, you don't try and make improvements. So let's say you're on a um, fitness journey and you're trying to lose weight. That doesn't mean that you don't love yourself because you're trying to lose weight. That just means that you're trying to be healthy, right? So getting to your healthiest body weight or your healthiest size, that's fine. You know, so something like that is fine. But I'm talking about right now when it's just like, you know, you can't even look at yourself in the mirror or you have nothing nice to say about yourself. Those are the things that I'm talking about. You really want to get to that point where you truly love yourself. You enjoy yourself. You're happy to be you because there's only one of you. I don't care if you're an identical twin. There's still only one of you. So getting to that point, because without it, like I said, it will be hard to find someone that loves you. I struggle with that so much. Like guys would be like, oh, you're this. And in my mind, I'm like, nah. Like people would give me a compliment and I just couldn't say thank you because I just don't believe them, you know? It's just really things like that. Self-love is huge. I would encourage you, no matter what it is that you have to do, if it's going to counseling and talking to someone and seeing where those insecurities are stemming from, I would encourage you to do that because, again, you don't want your self-worth to be found in another human being because, God forbid, they change their mind or, God forbid, they act in a way that you know, is triggering. Now all of a sudden you're going to begin to doubt yourself again when no matter how they feel, you just still know how you feel about yourself, okay? So another point in the book that I mentioned, and this is going to be the last point I talk about because for the people that haven't read it, I do want to give you an opportunity to get the chance to read it. But this one is about setting a standard. Now, a lot of people, especially Christians, feel as though if you have standards that um, you're being shallow or you're being I don't even know what people think. But when I talk about setting a standard, I'm not talking about looks specifically. Number one, a standard is knowing that you should not be dating or dealing with anyone that does not believe that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. That right there is a standard. So if your mind automatically goes to looks when someone brings up the word standards, then reevaluate because that's not all it is about. You should know specifically that I will not settle for anything less than that right? So you don't need to be unequally yoked. Your standard always should be someone that is a believer. And then you can move from there. Of course, we do all have different standards. And I believe that that's okay, as long as your standards don't only include looks, like I said. Another one of your standards can be, you know, he treats his family with respect. That's huge. He's polite to the waiter and the waitresses when we go out. Things like that. These are all standards. And I don't think that you have to compromise on them just because you're a Christian. You literally don't have to go out on a date with everyone that asks you out on a date. And, you know, like, don't make don't let people make you feel like you're wrong for doing that. I'm not saying you need to be stuck up, but obviously you're a prize. And when I say this, I'm talking to men, too. So don't think I'm just trying to, like, be a feminist. Men and women, you do not have to give yourself to everyone that approaches you. This is just period. Like, I can't get any more clearer than that because I feel like sometimes we sell ourselves short. We're not doing charity work. If you don't feel like this person, you can't see yourself with this person in the long run, you don't see yourself having a future with this person, don't go out with them. Or if you do go out with them, just let them know that, hey, you know what, from the very beginning, I'd rather just be friends and let them decide if they if they want that or not. But it's okay to have a standard. Please don't let people make you feel bad for having a standard. It's actually normal to have one. And um, don't settle. 
Don't lower your standards just so you can have a date or just so you can be in a relationship. If someone is, you know, approaching you and, and you know, they have compromising values than yours or they have values that are not aligned with yours, don't lower your standard for that. It's not going to be worth it in the long run. You don't want to start something that you're not going to be able to finish. Those are just a couple of points that I have in the book. I really, really do hope that if you have read the book, that the book blessed you because even for me, myself, I was able to reevaluate some things. These are some of the things that I was able to apply when it came to me being in a relationship. I'm grateful that I was able to write the book. I'm grateful for the people that have bought the book. Again, it's on Amazon, so feel free to check it out if you haven't already. Again, we're one. Confessions of a Christian Chick is one, y'all. One whole year has gone by, and I can't be any more excited. Of course, Follow Confessions of a Christian Chick on Instagram or send a DM or send an email. And I'm going to catch you on the next episode. Bye.